0: We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech, you can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech, you can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech, we can do that. I am doing that. Oh, yeah, right. That's my cue. And we are doing this. What is this, you might ask? This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? It is a Georgia Tech podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by, for Georgia Tech alum fans by Georgia Tech alum fans. I am your host today, Joshua Julian. And if you are a listener of the show, you know that Stephen normally does the intro. Stephen is traveling for work. He is currently en route to Charlotte, North Carolina. So... You know, We wish him safe travels and a great business trip, and he has left the show in my hands today, so unfortunately, those of you that are uh, everyday listeners, you may or may not be looking forward to hearing Steven's voice, and now you're stuck with me. Otherwise, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um, we got plenty of stuff to cover today about Georgia Tech athletics, a um, whole lot of movement in the news, a couple tidbits here and there, obviously, since we are What's the Good Word? Um, we cover all Georgia Tech athletics, and I'm starting with something a little bit different. Um, I'm going to be talking about tennis to start this show off, because there was a couple things. that ha- There's something that happened, and I really want to talk about it, obviously. It is that Georgia Tech men's freshman, Krish Aurora was named ACC Men's Tennis Co-Freshman of the Week co-freshman of the week very impressive from Mr. Aurora um Georgia Tech did have a double header over the weekend where they beat both UNCW and Mercer UNCW was four to three and Mercer seven nil absolutely skunked them um but the freshman in his um His accomplishments involve teaming up with Andres Martin, getting a 6-2 win over Jonathan Barron and Beskov Rassamadov, I hope I'm saying his name right, against UNCW. Um, He then also got a second doubles win of that afternoon as he teamed with Richard Biagiati. And then in singles action, he beat Trey Mallory. And he had... Apparently, I do not believe he participated against against Mercer. He defeated Marsho. Oh, I'm not sure how to say his name. But he got two singles wins, and he also got two doubles wins. So 4-0 on the weekend for Krish Aurora. Uh, that is our opening news story. Very impressive work from the freshman. And as we said, very impressive work from the team um, going 2-0 on the weekend. Overall, for the season, they're nine and two, eight and zero at home, zero and two on the road. So, not necessarily road warriors just yet, but plenty of time in the season. But they are looking good. Um, and of course, I I forgot to do it because Steven is always on the ball, and I'm I'm still getting used to this whole you know main host thing. But we do have to acknowledge the the one and only tribal chief Roman Reigns, who continues to reign as undisputed WWE Universal Champion. Now, if you're a wrestling fan like we are. Stay tuned. WrestleMania is coming up in April, and he is facing the incomparable, the unstoppable Cody Rhodes, who is trying to finish his story. But as of now, Georgia Tech alum Roman Reigns, A.K.A. Joseph NOI is still WWE champion. So, put your ones in the air. We acknowledge you. Now that we got that out of the way, um, what should we talk about next? I believe we're going to talk about football because there's some movement on the football front that we have to mention. So there's um we had talked on this show about how potentially Buster Faulkner might would was in contention to leave for um, the Georgia state head coaching job. He will not be leaving Del McGee, the UGA running backs coach. He got that job. So, Buster Faulkner is still in town for at least another year, but it did end up hurting Georgia Tech regardless that Del McGee got that job because Georgia hired a new running backs coach, and it is unfortunately a coach on staff at Georgia Tech, and that is wide receiver coach Josh Crawford. Josh Crawford will be taking the running backs coaching job with Kirby Smart. Um... Listen, Josh Crawford made a great impact at Georgia Tech in the one season he was here from. He's widely credited with finding and developing Eric Singleton Jr., as well as recruiting Isaiah Kanayan over to Georgia Tech. Now, because he is going as a running backs coach, I would be willing to bet there's a chance, there's a decent chance that most of his guys will not be leaving Georgia Tech. Um, it's because they won't be necessarily playing for him if they go to a place like Georgia. Um, but we'll see what happens. Obviously, the transfer portal will open again in the spring after spring practice. So um, Georgia Tech is now in the market for another wide receivers coach. They're also in the market for um, a recruit, a lead recruiter because Kenyatta Watson is no longer on staff at Georgia Tech. Um, this was first reported by Russell Johnson of Jackets Online. Um, Watson will be taking a job at Auburn as the Director of Recruiting Research and Strategy. This might be the biggest loss of the offseason for Georgia Tech. Besides all the players, besides any other coaches that left, Kenyatta Watson has been widely regarded as the head recruiter of Georgia Tech, kind of one of the reasons they've there was a bit of a resurgence on the trail this past year. Um, he was putting in a ton of work at the Georgia high schools. He was getting in front of so many different coaches, and losing him is... Going to be a big blow to the Georgia Tech recruiting. Now, I, I still believe in a lot of the coaches um, around. I Norville McKenzie, in particular, has been credited with being a fantastic recruiter. I think Brent Key knows what he wants. I think Brent Key has a good program that he's running. But losing two guys like that who made such a big impact in such a short time on the flats is going to be a bit of a big loss. We'll see what they do to uh, fill those holes. Uh, this Josh Crawford thing just happened yesterday, so Georgia Tech is still you know, probably looking for who's going to be the new wide receivers coach. We'll give you the update when it happens. But we wish them nothing but the best, right? I mean, the job, jobs like that come along only once in a lifetime. Uh, understandable that they, they took a job that they thought was best probably for them and their family. Uh, we hate to see them go, but we wish them nothing but the best. Now, the next two sports we're going to talk about are women's sports, because we want to make sure we show love to all Georgia Tech athletics. Uh, First of all, the softball team had a ton of games that they played over this past weekend, starting on Friday. After beating Georgia State last Wednesday 9-4, they played UNCG, where they won 14-7. This was on Friday. They also played Army, where they won 13-2. And then the next day, Saturday, they played Robert Morris and won nine to one. They played UNCG again, one six to two. And then on Sunday, they played a doubleheader against Ball State and won six to four both games. So Georgia Tech, the softball team, on quite a winning streak. They haven't lost since they played Northwestern on the seventeenth. <clears throat> now, in all fairness, they had two other games that weekend that were unfortunately canceled against number two Tennessee and number six Oklahoma State. So we. Did not get a chance to see that, but um, they they did go on a nice little run right there. Um, looking at the stats, the other big thing is they hit a lot of home runs. That We've talked about that on this um, on this show. They've hit 34 home runs in 17 games, uh, led by Mallory Black, who has hit 7 home runs, go along with 6 doubles, currently hitting 469 on the season in 17 games. On top of that, um, Paige Vukadinovich is hitting 500. Now it's in some less at bats, but she's got five doubles and 16 hits. The, the The women's offense is in. I mean, Grayson Tucker's hitting 471. Sarah Beth Allen's hitting 420 as well. You've got like five, six other uh, women in the 300s. They are dominating on offense. It just looks like the pitching staff, similar to the men, at least last year, might be struggling just a little bit. Their main, their top pitcher, uh, Kenzie Norton, at a 3.33 ERA, has made eight appearances, pitched 21 innings, um, has gotten 12 strikeouts, but has also given up 10 earned runs. So, something to keep an eye on. Uh, but... Hey, you know, can't argue with the results at this moment in time. They have gone on, and they went on a nice little run this weekend. Coming up next for the um, softball team, the day we're recording this, I'm recording this on Wednesday, they play Mercer at 6 o'clock in Atlanta. And then over the weekend, they will play, they start ACC play with a weekend series against Pitt. Against Pitt. They will be playing at home. So if you want to go check it out, go watch a couple home runs get absolutely jacked out of the stadium. Uh as for the women's basketball team, unfortunately not great news to report on their end. Uh dating back to Thursday, they had a game against number 20 Louisville that they lost 80 to 62 and they also lost at home against Wake Forest 71 to 66. So the women's team has been in their own little They've been in their own little uh, downward trend recently as well. Uh, notable performers from the Louisville game. Louisville was ranked, so they are a very good team. They're twenty-two and six currently. While Georgia Tech, um, it does not have that record. But Kara Dunn did have seventeen points, nine rebounds, and uh, one assist with five turnovers. Unfortunately, but five of twelve shooting. So she has been pretty consistently the best player on the team, as well as Tony Morgan, who had sixteen points and five assists. Uh, other than that, you know, Ruzney Agustinade, I believe I'm saying that name right. She had 14 points as well. Um, those have kind of been the main three. Unfortunately, it looks like outside of them, if one of them is not up to their, you know, up to their best game that day, the team struggles. Um, against Wake Forest, it's, you know, more of the same story. You had 15 from Tony Morgan, 17 from Kara Dunn, and 14 from Miss Um and just not not the greatest showings from the Lady Jackets. They are currently on a three-game losing streak, and overall on the season, we are looking at a record of 15-14, and 6-11 in the conference. So the season started off relatively well for them in out-of-conference play, but they've kind of been up and down, similar to the men's, men's team, just haven't, haven't really hit their stride just yet. But I mean, there's still definitely reasons to be optimistic, as we said with Tony Morgan and Kara Dunn. Uh, Looking at the roster right now, Tony Morgan is only a sophomore and um, Kara Dunn is also a sophomore as well. So there's two at least building blocks. And Ruzne is a six-foot guard that's a freshman. So the three main players on the team are all incredibly young. So there is plenty of time for this team to turn it around by next year if you just get a couple additions in the transfer portal. There's always a chance. The best part of um, college athletics now is you can turn your fortunes around in almost a year. Now, We have a lot of stuff to talk about with the basketball team, but we're not going to talk about that just yet because we have to talk about the baseball team because the baseball team has gotten off to quite the start to the season. So they had a weekend series, um, in this past weekend. They played Cornell. We talked about it on this show, and they took the series two to three. Um, they unfortunately suffered their first loss of the season, but you know it's hard to go undefeated in baseball. It is incredibly hard. So to start off on the Friday, the Friday night starter was Cameron Hill. You'll know he's also one of the corner outfielders on the team, but he pitched four innings um, and had seven strikeouts. So Probably still stretching him out, making getting him um, you know, ready, probably trying to limit his pitch count, but seven strikeouts did give up three walks and one run, but four four solid innings. Unfortunately, Cameron Landry came in and in two thirds of an inning gave up the three runs, which was the majority of what was given up. But the rest of the bullpen, um, Brett Thomas, Terry Busey, Michael Kavala, Riley Stanford, they all shut it down from there. Now, in the offensive side of it, Drew Burris went two for four with three RBIs. Um, did not hit a home run, which is strange for him. But you also got a home run from Peyton Green, the transfer shortstop who went three for five himself. Uh, three for four day from Bobby Jmarlek, one of the corner outfielders. He was the DH on this game. You also got a home run from John Giesler, his first on the year. Um, yeah, Pretty pretty solid offensive game from those guys. Those are the kind of the guys that we know. Oh, Cameron Hill, my bad. Wrong guy. I'm thinking of Cam Jones. Cam Jones is the reliever. Um, so whatever I said about Cameron Hill, edit that out. Cameron Hill is a, a younger pitcher, but... Cam Jones is the two-way guy who plays corner outfield first base and comes in on the bullpen. That's on me. Um, but, yes, yeah, so that was the first game. On Saturday, Georgia Tech took a 12-2 victory, and we got another great start from Aiden Finitieri. Aiden Finitieri has been the best starter on the team so far. He went five innings, ten strikeouts, four hits, one walk, no runs. And then the bullpen, Tate McKee, Brett Bearfield, and Caden Godette they pitched a very solid... Um, other four innings you did have one run given up each by barfield and gadette but it was not that bad of a time to give it up because the offense was on one today drew burris hit two home runs um to bring in four rbis you also had a home run from michael Biketti. he hit two as well um which was part of his two for three day with three rbis uh john giesler brought in three runs on a two for four day you also had um where was it? Matthew Ellis went one for three with a double. Cam Jones had a double. Himself went one for three. Just a, a well-rounded day from the offense. I mean, you had pinch hitters getting hits here and there. Uh, overall, 12 hits to get the 12 runs. Just a, a great, great day for the Yellow Jackets. Now, they did lose 11-4 on Sunday, which you know is what it is. Um, they started Mason Patel, the Georgia State transfer, and he struggled once again. Um, four innings, seven hits, four runs, only three strikeouts. So you, hopefully he can kind of get it together, get, get back to what we've seen him do, um, from Georgia state. The, uh, most unfortunate, the award for most unfortunate day goes to Ben King, who went two and two thirds, did have five strikeouts, gave up four runs, none of them earned. So will not affect his ERA, but four runs is still four runs, unfortunately, but on the offensive end, they did still score four runs, not the... Probably the worst game of Drew Burris' career. He went 0 for 5, but you did have a 2 for 5 day from Cam Jones. um, 1 for 3 from Bobby Jamarlick with 3 RBIs as he hit a home run. As did Vaughn Lackey, the young catcher who came in as a pinch hitter for Tyler Minnick and brought in a run. Just an unusually quiet day for the offense. They normally do not only score 4 runs. But the most notable news from the baseball team was on Tuesday against Georgia State. Drew Burris, I'm sure you've seen it by now if you pay any attention, Drew Burris went 4-4 at the top of the order with six RBIs. All four of those hits were home runs. He set all kinds of records with this day. He had a 452-foot bomb on one of them. I believe it's a Georgia Tech record. Some, basically, hasn't been done since, like, Bob Horner. I mean, when that name starts coming up, it's been a while. I mean, he was on one. You also got a home run from Michael Biketti, who hit his fourth of the year, um, he was 3-for-3 three three himself. Unfortunately, got overshadowed by his teammate, but it was it was quite the day. 1-for-3 with an RBI from Peyton Green as well. Carson Ballard, the freshman, actually got the start, and he went five innings, three hits, no runs, and six strikeouts, so an impressive debut for Carson Ballard as well, and you also had great relief appearances from Tate McKee, Riley Stanford, and Brett Thomas, so there is something to be said for the pitching staff has looked much better this year. And that has everything to do with the new pitching coach that was just brought in this season from Georgia state, even uh, bringing over guys like Mason Patel and Cam Jones. Um, I'm pulling his name up just so that I can give him his flowers. Matt Taylor, kudos to him. He has really helped this pitching staff. Um, Otherwise, you know, this, this team has clearly shown that they mean business at, at the box. Drew Burris, Hitting 441, nine home runs in eight games, 20 RBIs. He is on an absolute heater right now. So keep his name in mind. We're gonna keep him. Um, we're gonna keep talking about him. The more as as he continues to produce, he will be talked about on this show. Now, um, coming up next is a pretty big series for Georgia Tech this weekend. Clean old fashioned hate. They will be playing Friday in Atlanta at Georgia Tech. Saturday they'll play at Athens. And then Sunday, the biggest game of them all, they'll be playing at Cool Ray Field in Lawrenceville, uh, where the Gwinnett Stripers play. So if you want to go to any of those games, go into enemy territory, enjoy the home cooking, or go to a neutral site, be sure to get your tickets, because they are readily available. Now, on to basketball. We're going to start off with non-game-related stuff, because we do have something we need to talk about, and that is that Damon Stoudemire has picked up another commit in... a recruiting class, but it's not 2024, not the incoming class. No, no. Damon Stoudemire works ahead. Damon Stoudemire got a commitment from Brandon Stores coming out of the Bronx, New York, St. Raymond's School for Boys in the 2025 class. That's right. He's already getting commits from the 2025 class. So Brandon Stores in the 24-7 composite is number 133. He's referred to as a four-star everywhere you look. Um, 24-7 Sports does have him as a three-star, but it's a matter of opinion. Uh, He's 6'4", 210 pounds, listed as a small forward. He had offers from Rutgers, Syracuse, Washington, um, as well as Xavier. So he had a a pretty solid offer sheet. Um, When you look at him, I, I try not to take a lot of these scouting reports that I see tweeted out because it's literally like... I read him, and I'm like, so he's good at everything? How is he only, they go, oh, you know, he's tough on defense. He's a good scorer around the basket with a nice jump shot. And, and I'm like, okay, that that can't be, that can't be right. But um, Brandon stores is known as more of a defender. Um, I believe he's got great defensive tape. Um, but he's also known as a bit of a, a guy around the rim. He's aggressive. Somebody compared him to Debo Coleman with the way he's kind of, he's more of a bully ball type of guy. Uh, uses his body, uses his frame to get to his spots. He's more strength than finesse, um, which I'm all cool with. That's that to me. That plays especially at the college level. Um, we really, really looking forward to seeing what he can do in this next year. He plays his AAU ball for New York Renaissance, um, and in four games at Peach Jam, which if you remember, that's where Nathan George was discovered. He posted 16.8 points, seven rebounds, and 2.8 assists per, per game. Now, his three-point shot is a bit of a question mark. He did shoot 29% from deep in that tournament. Uh, But we'll see what happens. I mean, he seems kind of similar to Jaden Mustaf. I don't want to say he's the same because they're both two different calibers of recruits. I think Mustaf is more of a point guard type. But either way, it does look like Damon Stoudemire is getting himself some strong athletes. And he's winning the recruiting trail. And he's also winning basketball games. That translates me into the next story of the day. Which is that Georgia Tech picked up another ACC win, and it wasn't over one of the top three teams this time. That's right. Georgia Tech went to Miami. Uh, and they got a road win against the Miami Hurricanes, 80 to 76. Now, if you've seen a Georgia Tech game, unfortunately, you you're going to be familiar with this game script. I'm going to give you the notable performers first. Miles Kelly had 25 points. He has been he has really hit his stride in the last couple games. He did this on nine of 15 shooting, seven of 11 from three. Kweisi Reeves also had 15 and eight rebounds on six of 11. Uh, By Dongo had 8, 7, and 3. You had 10 points from Kyle Sturdivant off the bench with 7 assists, although he was 2 of 11. Um, and Debo Coleman, in his return from concussion protocol, had 8 points on 3 of 6 shooting. Uh, Tafar Kapari did have 7. He didn't make a huge impact in the box score, but he had some uh, impressive plays from a breakdown, crossover, and dunk in the half court, to a bounce pass in transition that threaded through two Miami defenders, from a nice chase down block, he. There were a lot of flashes of the the good Tafar Gapare for for lack of a better term. This was where you are reminded of the absolute insane amount of talent that he has. But the most notable part of this game was that Georgia Tech was pretty comfortably in the lead at one point um at the end of the first half it was let me sorry at the end of the first half it was 49 to 45 Miami both teams came out on an absolute heater on offense but then Georgia Tech did kind of pull away at the end of the second half or at the beginning of the second half um, and they built themselves a nice little lead at one point they were up 10 66 to 56 and the lead stretched to as much as 71 to 58. And then that was 71 to 58 was at the eight forty-nine mark with a three pointer from miles Kelly. And basically from that point, Georgia tech would only score nine points because they were held without a field goal for the last like seven minutes of the game. Um, They got a two point layup from Kwasi Reeves. They got a three pointer from miles Kelly. Then get 13 point lead 76 to 63. And then from there, it's all Miami all the time. Um luckily Miami after that they had um a two-pointer from Christian Watson and they didn't score another field goal until the five twenty-three mark. Um and then they didn't score another point until the three forty-five mark with a free throw. So a lot of it was Miami. Their offense kind of stagnated at the same time as Georgia Tech. Um you can attribute to defense. Georgia Tech did play decent defense, but also they were missing shots. I mean it's it's kind of chicken or the egg argument. But yeah, Georgia Tech did not score again until later on, like 41 seconds left in the game when Kyle Sturdivant hit some free throws. Um, So the, the offense stagnated at the absolute worst time. And it follows a very familiar script, right? Georgia Tech has had, they have moments where they play fantastic and they normally play about 30 minutes of a game, at least well, or at least passable, right? Like enough to where they are in the game. The problem is those other 10 minutes, and that's where they start to look like a junior high team. And there was, a, there was a level of that. I mean, some of it was they missed a couple open shots here and there, but there was also just some horrible turnovers. I mean, they they Miami was pressing them at one point, and they turned the ball over like two or three straight times. Um, you had just weird um, offensive possessions where it looked like they were playing not to lose as opposed to playing to win. Um, just not, not a great showing at the end, but they were able to hold on. Um, with for the win they now sit on the season at 12 and 16 Uh, in the ACC they are still they're 14th because they're 5 and 12 in the conference Notre Dame does have the tiebreaker over them but uh, another conference win is what it is we'll we'll take what we can get right they've only got the three games left Uh, Florida State on Saturday Wake Forest on Tuesday and Virginia the next Saturday and then we have the ACC tournament Now, the most intriguing part from this Miami game was that it was potentially going to be an inflection point for this team because Damon Stoudemire kind of made some headlines for his post-game press conference after the Clemson game where he called out his team's effort, he blamed himself for not being able to get them ready, but also said, like, "There's, there's only so much I can do, and he made the comment of, it'll be different once I get my guys up in here, I'm just telling you. So it was going to be interesting to see how his team responded and it does look like I mean they they heard it loud and clear they at least responded to you know some degree playing that way against Miami but it it was interesting cuz at first I my first reaction was why would I mean that sounds like you're blaming your team but then when you listen to the whole quote I mean he is blaming himself he's blaming various different things it's like I said, I'm not I I always try to preface all this conversation about culture and whatnot by saying I'm not in the locker room. No, none of us are. We don't know what's said behind closed doors. We don't know what happens on a day-to-day basis. Um so everything we say is more or less speculation, but it is true. I mean, there's been, you know, moments where it's looked like the team has lost focus. Some of the effort isn't there all the time. I'm they I Miles Kelly has been on one for the entire year, but there's times where it looks like some, some of the young players are you know spacing out. The effort level isn't there. I don't know how much of it is they're tired because they've never played a season this long. It is, it's, it's a complex question, but I, I appreciate the fact that Damon is confident in his abilities. I kind of wish—I don't like the whole calling out players in the media thing. Now, he didn't say anybody by name, but to insinuate that it's the guys that you brought in because most of this team is transfers— the guys that you brought in are the problem. I just, it's not the greatest look to me, but I understand where the sentiment was coming from. And if he was just trying to motivate his team, it worked. I mean, they they did beat Miami. I would love to see how they're going to look Saturday against Florida State. If you can win that game, build some momentum going into the ACC tournament. They have shown that they can beat the top teams in the ACC. I don't know how much of it was they took them all by surprise. But they have shown that they can play with them I mean they've they played with Duke they played Duke close twice they beat him once lost once no but in all fairness nobody goes into Cameron and really beats Duke. That's one of the hardest things to do and to only lose by five against them was quite impressive so. The season's almost over. As we as I talked about with the twenty twenty five class and Brandon Stores, I mean Damon sure knows what he's doing on the recruiting trail. It's not the, the results are not hurting him just yet. And I would love to see what he does once he does quote unquote get his guys in. But that's gonna do it for today's show. Um Steven will be back next week. Do not worry. It's only a one-week thing. He, he passed the control over to me just this once. But if you want to give a comment on the basketball team or the baseball team or football or whatever you want to comment on, you can email me at joshuajulian 26 outlook.com. joshuajulian 26 Outlook.com. Let me know what you think um, about the show, about Georgia Tech, about any of the other teams we cover. Because as you know, this is your one-stop shop for all Atlanta sports and Cobb County because we cover the Braves as well. Our next episode tomorrow, we're going to be talking about the Atlanta Hawks because they look a little different since Trey Young was hurt. Is there something going on there? Tune in to find out. Now, there's only one. I would end it on that, but it's a Georgia Tech podcast about Georgia Tech athletics for Georgia Tech alum and fans by Georgia Tech alum and fans. There's only one way to end anything related to Georgia Tech, and that's asking the age-old question, and there's only one answer. Those that know, say it along with me. What's the good word?